You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Chapter 7, and we are going to be in, this is number 17, uh, so what? Uh, Service number 17, or uh, message number 17 out of Revelation. Uh, Revelation chapter 7, when you find your spot, go ahead and stand if you're physically able. And then just a couple of more in, uh, announcements here. Uh, we are still in need of Easter eggs and individually wrapped candy uh, that can fit into the eggs. There's bins in the foyer. Uh, we just had somebody bringing in bags and bags of them tonight, uh, so that's a blessing, uh, but I do uh, know we still are needing some. Um, if you're unable to shop and you just like us to shop for that, uh, just let us know, put something in the offering, and we'll get those cared for. And then we'll be having an Easter prep meeting uh, next Sunday night after the evening service, or this Sunday night after the evening service. And that will be all the 10 and 11 o'clock children's teachers and workers will need to be in that meeting. And let's see, one more uh, Easter service on that Resurrection Sunday. Service is going to be at 1030. All right, so one service, no Sunday school, one combined service uh, at 1030. And then I just got a text from Brother Dustin. I've been uh, texting with him, and he just responded. And so uh, I have no idea what time it is there. Oh, it's probably 8, 6 a.m. or 8 a.m.? 3 a.m., okay. Uh, I know there's quite a few hours. I've been uh, going back and forth with Brother James, and it's 13 hours difference uh, with him. And so... Uh, anyway, continue to pray for Brother Dustin as he is away. Revelation chapter number 7, we're going to read verses 1 through 4 tonight. Uh, Revelation 7, 1 to 4, I'll start in verse 1, join me on 2, and we'll read responsively those first four verses. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor the sea, nor on any And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed an hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. In this passage, chapter number seven, we, are, we see a parenthetical uh, time lapse, if you would, uh, we go through chapter 6, and we have uh, the, the revealing, the opening of the six seals. We do know that there are seven seals, there are seven trumpets, there are seven vials. But between chapter number 6 and chapter number 8, we have this parenthesis, chapter 7. Uh, the beginning of chapter 8, we will have the opening of the seventh seal, and that will lead to the seven trumpets and the tr uh, seven vials. Uh, but in this passage, we have just a little lapse between the opening of the sixth and the seventh seal. And with that now, 
uh, we find a passage of Scripture that we have, if you have done any witnessing at all, this passage has come up. Uh, it is the basis of the 144,000. And uh, this passage of Scripture is uh, taken by the cults and used completely erroneously. And we're going to look at that a little bit tonight. Uh, and so uh, here is we're uh, looking at uh, the 17th uh, lesson out of Revelation uh, chapter 7. Uh, we're going to look at the 144,000. And let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for those that are here tonight on this midweek. Uh, Lord, they have, they have worked, they have labored all week long, and now as we're uh, gathering together on this uh, Wednesday evening, I pray that you would sharpen our minds, and uh, as our bodies are tired, I pray that you would just quicken us, may the Spirit of God reveal truth to us, and so work now, please, help us to understand your word, for Christ's sake we pray, amen. You could be seated. So, uh, the 144,000, uh, I know when I, was, uh, when I was reading through this passage, as soon as I hit the 144,000, my mind went right to the Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, it is a passage that they have grabbed a hold of, and uh, it is not, it's not used properly, uh, as much of what they believe is not proper from the Word of God. Uh, but uh, uh, here... Uh, a, a cult that denies the deity of Jesus Christ is not one that we, it is not a person that we should be listening to. Uh, and uh, the Word of God is very clear uh, about the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and you cannot deny Jesus and accept the Father. You cannot have the one without the other. Uh, just like uh, if someone wanted, if they hate my kids, uh, we're not going to be good friends. We're not going to be friends at all. Uh, matter of fact, we're going to be enemies. If you're against my kids, you're against me. And we have, we have a heavenly father uh, who uh, he has stated in his words that if we, don't have the, if we don't have the son, we do not have the father. Uh, and so we're going to look at some scripture because uh, I think it's very important for us as believers uh, to know for ourselves. It, it doesn't matter what somebody else says. You have to be able to open up the Word of God and see it for yourself. And, and that is so important for us to be able to give an answer of the hope that's in us. So we're going to look at a lot of verses. Uh, let's go to 1 John chapter number 2. 1 John chapter 2. And we'll look at verse 21 to 23. We're going to look at quite a few verses here about this 144,000. Uh, and then we'll go through and start breaking uh, things down. But I want to get a good understanding uh, on uh, our, our, our belief about who Jesus is and about the Father and how they are tied together. 1 John 2, verse 21 to 23, the Bible says, I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. God says that's a liar. If they deny that Jesus is the Christ. Now, denying that Jesus is the Christ is that 
that Jesus is Messiah. Uh, Messiah is the anointed one of God. Uh, he is the only begotten of the Father. And you, can, you cannot, God says, the person that denies uh, Christ, they are a liar. But he goes beyond that. You know, calling somebody a liar is a pretty pointed uh, statement. But he doesn't stop there. Let's look what else he says. He is, what's that next word? Antichrist. Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. So you cannot deny the Son and accept the Father. You deny the Son, you deny the Father. You deny the Father. Uh, Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Uh, 1 John chapter 4, and let's look at verse number 3. 1 John chapter 4. And verse number 3, uh, the Bible says, Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of what? Antichrist. Whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Uh, so the spirit of Antichrist. Uh, Second John, Second uh, John, verse number 7. 2 John, number 7. Isn't it ironic that when we look at John, the gospel of John tells us of the deity of Jesus Christ. It reveals Jesus as the Son of God. And then you have in the epistles, uh, the first, second, and third book of John, you have John again revealing uh, the deity of Christ and the relationship uh, that, that he had uh, as God. So Second John, verse 7, For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Now, I'm not giving you my opinion tonight. I'm just quoting Bible. This is, this is what God says uh, about that. Uh, go to First John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Now, I'm not saying that the people that believe, that have embraced this false religion, I'm not saying that they are terrible people, but they're deceived. They're deceived. And this, the Word of God is very clear on that. Uh, 1 John chapter 5, verse 1, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ, is born of God, and everyone that loveth Him, that begat Loveth him also that is begotten of him. Now notice that. Uh, Everyone that loveth him that begat. Who's that talking about? That's talking about the Father. All right? So him that begat is the Father. Uh, Jesus is the only begotten of the Father. And so if you love God, him that begat, then you are going to love him also that is begotten of him. Okay, all right, go to 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 12. Skip down to verse number 12. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. You cannot reject Jesus and have God. You have God, you will have eternal life. And this is... This is tied up. It's tied up in Christ. Uh, Second John. Go back to Second John, uh, chapter or Second John. Look at verse number nine. 
2 John 9, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. And so uh, it is in Jesus Christ. That relationship that we can have with the Father is because we have a relationship with the Son. Uh, and we do not have access to the Father except through the Son. And without the Son, there is no relationship with the Father. So go back to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. And we're going to read verse 21 to 28. 1 John 2, 21 to 28. The Bible says, I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it. And that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that He hath promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of, uh, received of Him that abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teach you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Now, back in verse 27, he says, And ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things. What's he talking about? He's saying that uh, it is not necessary. John is saying, it's, he said, it's not really me that's trying to convince you of who Jesus is. He said, it's, it's the Spirit of God uh, that is the one that is revealing truth. And he is the one that opens truth. And when we have, uh, and we, we are listening uh, to the Spirit of God, we are going to learn uh, the truth of the Word of God. So, uh, so here was just a little bit uh, of, of background here, but John was very secure and confident. He wasn't trying to point people to follow him. He wasn't trying to convince them that they need to listen to, to what he had to say. He was just saying, listen, I'm just going to tell you the truth, and it's the Spirit of God that's going to confirm that truth. It's the Spirit of God that is going to uh, put that stamp of approval on it. Uh, it's not about the human vessel that's the messenger. It's about what God is communicating to His people uh, through His Word. So, uh, when we get to chapter 7 here, uh, Warren Wiersbe has broke this chapter out in two different sections. Uh, first, we see the sealed, uh, which is referring to the Jews. That's verses 1 through 8. And then he talks about the saved, which would be the Gentiles, verses 9 through 17. So we're going uh, to break this down and just look at these uh, tonight. So Revelation chapter 7, and let's first of all, let's look at the sealed. Uh, look down at verse number 3 with me, Revelation 7 and verse number 3. 
Revelations chapter 7, verse number 3. The Bible says, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed an hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. So now here we have the, the four uh, angels that were on the four corners of the earth. They were restraining uh, the wind. They were restraining uh, the judgment. And then we have another angel that's coming, and he's saying, you just keep on holding back. There's no judgment coming until uh, that seventh seal is going to be revealed, but that seventh seal is not going to be read until uh, the seal is going to be on uh, the people of God. And this, the seal, the seal here uh, that's referenced uh, is referenced here. It says in verse number uh, four, it says, and I heard the number of them which were sealed. And there were sealed an hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Now, uh, when we look at these 144,000, uh, these are 144,000 that are going to be preachers of righteousness. Uh, these 144,000 uh, are Jews. They are from the, uh, the tribes of Israel. Uh, and, and it's ironic on how these are all uh, set apart. Now, uh, here we have a seal uh, that is going to be uh, given to them. And this seal is going to be uh, in their forehead. Look back at verse number 3. It says, Satan, hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. Now, when we stop and we think about people having a mark in their forehead, doesn't that give you a negative connotation? Why? Because in chapter 13, we have the mark of the beast. But here in chapter number 7, we have God marking his servants. Now, with that, in our mind, or at least in my mind, I think, well, I'm not getting a mark. Well, number one, I'm not getting a mark because I'm not going to be here. All right, uh, the rapture is going to come, and we'll deal with that here a little bit. Uh, but, but with that, this is talking about the Jews. These are 144,000 Jewish virgin preachers that are going to be preaching righteousness during the tribulation period. Uh, there is going to be multitudes of people that are saved during the tribulation, uh, and these preachers of righteousness, uh, this 144,000, these Jews, they're going to be preaching are going to be used of God. Now, with that, there is going to be great judgment that is coming. And with that, God is sealing these believers, and that seal is a seal of protection uh, that they are going to have during the tribulation period. Now, uh, how many of you got a text this afternoon and it had an image uh, on it? All right. Uh, and so let's go ahead and show that image, if you would, Andrew. All right, now, uh, some commentators, and I didn't go down this hole. You get into studying Revelation, you can go down into some rabbit holes. They go into rabbit holes, they go into rabbit holes. And it's amazing how many things these people know that God never said. Uh, but uh, I wanted to bring this one to your attention. This is the 22nd letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Tau. 
and uh, Ta or Tao. Uh, ta, I believe is how it's pronounced, but Ta. And this is the, the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And for some reason, uh, and I, like I said, I didn't go down all these rabbit holes. Uh, many commentators believe that this is the mark that is going to be on the forehead of these 144,000 Jews. It is finished. It is the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet is done. No more. Nothing's coming after. And so uh, that's where uh, they believe that that uh, letter is what is going to be that mark. Now, we don't know what that mark is. The Bible doesn't tell us what that mark is. So we can surmise and we can have our ideas, uh, but God didn't tell us. Uh, the Bible says, now we see through a glass darkly. Be careful on listening to people that tell you they know what everything means in the book of Revelation. You can cross-reference Daniel, you can cross-reference Ezekiel, uh, you can go to Matthew chapter 24. There are a lot of things that you can find and you can see some things, how they tie together, uh, but there is a lot that God just does not give us. Uh, and what that mark is, we don't know, but we do know that that mark is a seal. A seal, uh, it it, uh, uh, it represents, all through Scripture, all through history, it represents first ownership. It represents authority. And here, when we look at these, these preachers uh, that are sealed, uh, and, and with that, they are sealed with a mark. Now, you and I, if you are saved, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Go to Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians chapter number 4. Look at verse number 30. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 30. And Andrew, I know I jumped ahead. I'll come back to those other verses here in a minute. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. The Bible says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are what? Sealed. Unto the, uh, unto the day of redemption. And you and I, uh, as a child of God, we have been sealed by the Spirit of God. Now, these are sealed by a mark. And, and with that, that mark, we look at it and we see a mark and we think about uh, Revelation. So let's go to Revelation chapter number uh, 13. Uh, Revelation chapter 13, and I want to just... Uh, bring that uh, correlation here. Revelation chapter 13. Look with me at verse number 15. Revelation 13, 15. And here we're going to see the mark of the beast. Revelation 13 and verse 15. The Bible says, And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore 
and 6. So here we have the number of the beast, which is 666. Uh, 660 and 6. And that is the, the mark of the beast. And it is going to be given uh, as, a, uh, as a, uh, a mark of those that have embraced the beast, that have embraced uh, uh, satanic worship. And now uh, these individuals with that mark, they will not be saved. They cannot be saved. And, and here you have the... Those that are uh, that are uh, uh, saved, these these preachers of righteousness, they are sealed with a mark, and they cannot be lost. Isn't it amazing? The devil is a counterfeit. He wants to try to counterfeit. He wants to imitate everything that God has. And here, God had a mark, uh, and it was sealing. Uh, the believer and and the 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 evil one also had that mark uh, that he was sealing his believers, but one was to salvation, the other one was to damnation. Now, when we when we look at this, we look at the believers though. You and I who are saved, we have embraced Jesus Christ as our Savior. We have recognized that we're a sinner in need of a Savior and that Jesus Christ is that Savior. He is the one that went to the cross. He bore our sins on that tree. He was buried. Three days later, he rose again uh, for our justification. And by faith, we have accepted him as our Savior. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so here you have uh, the, uh, the sealing of the believer uh, through the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, now, in the, in the New Testament, we have the, the Spirit of God. He indwells the believer. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Uh, verse number 19, which is in you, which you have of God, you're not your own. You're bought with a price. Uh, we, we are the temple of God. God, uh, the Spirit of God lives inside the believer. Now, with that, at the rapture, which transpires before the tribulation period comes. So, we are currently in the 69th week of Daniel. Prophetically speaking, uh, we are in Daniel 69, or the 69th week of Daniel, and the prophetic clock has stopped. The 70th week will not begin until the rapture takes place. When the rapture takes place, the believers uh, are going to be saved. Uh, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. And what do we find here is that as believers, the rapture transpires, that takes place. The Bible tells us that uh, the, the uh, uh, dead in Christ are going to rise. And so 1 Thessalonians, uh, go to, go to uh, uh, let's see here, go to chapter number 2 first, 2 Thessalonians 2. We'll go there first. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians 2, the Bible says in verse number 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, 
For that day shall not come, except there be a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth upon the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things, and now ye know that withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Now, here what do we find? He that now letteth will let. So he's talking about this word let is not to allow, it is to restrain. He that restraineth will restrain until he be taken away out of the way. This is talking about the Holy Spirit of God. So, so what do we find here is that we find that the Holy Spirit is restraining the coming of the uh, Antichrist, the coming uh, of the, uh, the tribulation period. This is, this is what is taking place. Uh, he's restraining uh, the evil one. And with that, it is because we are still here. He is dwelling in us. And when He, the Holy Spirit, is taken out of the way, then the evil one is going to have free reign. You know why the Holy Spirit's going to be taken out of the way? Is because His temple is gone. We will not be here. When light is removed, we think this world is wicked right now. What do you think it's going to be like when light is completely taken out of the world? I followed up this morning on AB uh, 2223, that abortion bill that uh, went into committee yesterday, and it was brought before committee that not only uh, was extending the abortion rights, it even extended to the killing of the child seven days after the birth of the baby without any repercussion, and it passed committee yesterday. How evil can this world be? Infanticide. Not only is abortion murder, but now we have babies being born alive and the mother can kill the baby seven days after birth with no repercussions. God help us. God help us. Now it went through the first committee. It's going to the the health committee next. That needs to be on your prayer list. And we have, we have got to get a voice. But this world is just waxing worse and worse. And it's unbelievable. But we think it is bad now. But what is going to take place when the, the Christian is gone out of this world? The Holy Spirit is restraining. Why? Because there's light. Jesus said, "Why well, I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But now that he has left us, we are the light of the world. And there's coming a day when he is going to take us out of here. And when that day comes, uh, when we talk about all of the evil that is going to transpire, uh, and, and it's going to take place right down here. Uh, so here we see the, uh, the seal. Uh, this is the 144,000. Uh, we're not going to get through tonight's message. Uh, I'm looking at that clock back there. Uh, but who are these sealed? Uh, these individuals that are sealed. Let's go back, if you would, look at verse number 4. Revelations chapter number 7. 
So we'll have to go to, uh, next week we'll have to be on 17b. Uh, so I don't know how many of these we've had like that. Uh, anyway, Revelation chapter 7, look at verse number 4. He says, And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and were sealed in 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Notice, he gives us the list of the tribes. Now, let's, let's read through these and let's see who is here. You know, God is a God of order. He's a God of order. Who was the firstborn of Jacob? I'm sorry? It was Reuben. But let's see who the first one named is. Verse number five. And of the tribe of Judah. Isn't that amazing? Now, Jesus is coming of the tribe of Judah. But here we see that God, who always went in order of the tribes, it was always the firstborn mentioned first. And yet, when we see who these tribes are, we see Judah uh, is mentioned first. Uh, then we see Reuben uh, were sealed 12,000. Uh, verse number 6, of the tribe of Asher were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Naphtali uh, were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Manasseh were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Simeon, uh, Levi were sealed 12,000. Uh, Issachar, Zabulon uh, were 12,000. Joseph were uh, sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Benjamin were sealed 12,000. Now, so we have Judah and Reuben and Gad and Aser and Naphtali and Manasseh and Simeon and Levi. Now, when we look at this list, there are some things that are, not only is the order out of order, but why is Levi mentioned? Levi did not receive a inheritance. So, in all of the list, what happened? Joseph, he had two sons. So one of them was Joseph's and the other one was replacing Levi. So you had the 12 tribes. But now we have Ephraim, who is one of Joseph's. He's not even mentioned. Dan is not mentioned. Joseph normally is not mentioned because he's not in the list of the 12. His two boys were. But now you have Joseph listed. And you have Levi listed. And there's all kinds of speculation on why this is, but God still didn't spec it out. He hasn't told us. But we do know that the tribe of Dan and the tribe of Ephraim had turned to idolatry. And you can see that through the book of Numbers. And with that, God is a jealous God. You know, our actions now will affect later. God is a, a God who will have no other gods. He's watching. You say, well, God will forgive me if I allow my job or my family or my my pleasures. I don't know how many times people say, well, I'm worshiping God out on the river. Uh, I don't mind worshiping God out on the river, but not on Sunday. 
I'm all for camping, but God's a jealous God. And he's watching. And here we find these tribes, and God has made a change. Dan is not mentioned. Uh, Ephraim is not mentioned. Uh, and we see that uh, God is looking and he is watching. He honors those who honor him. You know, Joseph honored his God. And when it came down to it, God made sure that he honored Joseph as well. What a, what a blessing we see uh, here, uh, these, these tribes. Uh, and these are going to be preachers. Uh, they are sealed, uh, and they are going to be preaching righteousness. Uh, real quick, I'm going to give you the, the rest there. Uh, so first we see the sealed, that is the Jews. Secondly, I want you to see the saved. The saved. And that's, uh, uh, that's the Gentiles. Look with me at verse number 11. Revelation 7, uh, 9, I'm sorry. Revelation 7, 9. And after this, uh, after the scene of the 144,000, after this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed before uh, with right, white robes, and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne, and about the elders, and the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces, and worshipped God. Uh, what do we find here? Of the Gentiles, every nation, tribe, uh, tongue, uh, it was a great number. It was an innumerable number of people that were saved, and it's referencing being saved under the preaching of these 144,000 during the tribulation period. Otherwise, there was no correlation here. So uh, we see this, uh, these number, this innumerable number. Uh, and uh, it says that no man could number, but God can. You know, God knows you. He knows every hair that falls from our head. He knows every sparrow that falls. And though that number may be innumerable to man, it is not innumerable to God. And every one of those were individuals who were saved. You know what? God knows your name. You're his child. He knows you. He knows everything about you. Uh, not only are they saved, they stood before the throne. So now they're in heaven. So that means that they had already lived, they had already gotten saved, and now they had died. So now they're up in heaven. Uh, and, you know, uh, what, what is taking place, verses 10 to 12, we see that there is worship. They stood before the throne and there is worship that's there. Uh, and, you know, when we get to heaven, uh, we are going to worship God and there is going to be no false pretense. You know, I can't wait for the day that I can talk to God and it not be through a tainted, sin-cursed body. You know, have you ever prayed, and as you're praying, you can sense your own selfishness? Or you're praying, and you're trying to convince God why he needs to do what you want? And we recognize, 
we are just so tainted. Even when we're trying to do right, we're doing wrong. There's coming a day and that's going to be gone. What a blessing. But here we see that not only were they saved, they were in robes of white. Now, robes of white in the scripture was given to the martyrs. The Lord reveals that. Look at chapter 7, verse 13. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? Why are they in white? Why are they here? And they're asking John this. And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them, and they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. You know what? They came out of great tribulation. And now that there is great tribulation, they have been killed And now they are washing their robes in the blood of the Lamb. And how can that blood make white? But it sure does. It purifies. And he says that there will be no heat on them. There will be no hunger. There will be no thirst. What do we know? We know that these individuals went through great tribulation. They went through persecution. Was it hunger? Was it thirst? Was it being burned to death? No heat shall be upon them. And then it says, God shall wipe away the tears from their eyes. You know what a blessing it is that we one day are going to be with the Lord. No matter how bad it gets down here, when we we get out of this world and we are with Him, not only will it be worth it all, He will be worthy of it all. We will never stop and think, boy, I did all this for Him. We'll look up to heaven and we'll say, wow, He is worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy of every bit of our love. He is worthy of every bit of our service. He is worthy of every bit of our sacrifice. Anything that we can do for him, he's worthy. And he will bless us more than we can ever imagine God will be a debtor to no man. He's so good. And these individuals, the 144,000, these are going to be the ones that are going to be preaching righteousness during the tribulation period. We have a multitude, innumerable amount of Gentiles that are going to be saved. We'll see how Jews are going to be saved as well. But in this passage of Scripture, we see God working Now, next week, we will see the opening of that seventh seal. So, are you ready for him to come? Are you saved? You know the Lord is your personal Savior? If you don't, you need to get saved. If you're saved, we just need to get our eyes on him. Because he's worthy. 
Father, I pray that you'd help all of us. Thank you for your goodness to us and just the opportunity that we can have uh, to be able to be uh, gathered together, to be able to open your word. And I pray that you would just continue to teach us and help us to just catch a, a, a glimpse, Lord, of your grandeur and your worth, uh, your worthiness, Lord. Uh, you are worthy of every bit of, uh, of worship that we can give to you. And so I pray that you would help us uh, to learn how to worship you better. And so bless now here. I pray that you speak to hearts, uh, work in the hearts of each person here for Christ's sake. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Just a moment, the invitation is going to play. Just, just tell the Lord you love him. There's coming a day when we're going to see him. Are we ready? If you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, you need to trust him tonight. have just a short short invitation thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed our service if you would like to hear more visit our website at bbc4me.org that's bbc the number four me.org may god bless you